morning, we're going to dive directly into the Word of God. I have 17 minutes till our business meeting is supposed to start. I'm sure we'll start a little bit after 12. Um, but we're going, to, we're going to look back into the story of Abraham. Last week, we, we looked at Abraham and, and Sarai, or Abram and Sarai at that point, and how God uh, spoke a dream and a vision to them. And in fact, when we jumped in in chapter 15, that was already like 12 years after God had laid a vision, a dream on his heart. Something that seemed impossible uh, when we get into 20, uh, 17, 25 years ago, it seemed impossible. But now we're 25 years in the future. And it's like, Lord, there is no way that what you have said can take place. In the present, it doesn't seem possible. We do not know what and how this is going to happen. But we're going to look at Genesis 17, verses 1 through 9, and to pull some different things that God, I think, spoke or showed or did in Abraham's life. Abram, at this point. Genesis 17, 1. When Abram was 99 years old. Just let's stop there. Anybody 99 years old here looking for a child? I don't see any hands. Okay. 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless that I may make my covenant between me and you and may multiply you greatly. Then Abram fell on his face and God said to him, Behold, my covenant is with you and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. Notice how he keeps repeating this over and over again. I will make you exceedingly fruitful. I will make you into nations, and kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. And I will give to you and to your offspring after you the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession. And I will be their God. And God said to Abraham, as for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your offspring after you throughout their generations. There's something that God does that I absolutely love that when we start here, uh, he told Abraham who he was. He revealed himself to Abraham. He said in verse 1, I am God Almighty. Uh, another way that we could say it is, I am El Shaddai. I am God who is sufficient. I am the God who pours out blessings, who gives them richly, abundantly, and continually. I display power. In fact, we do know that the Septuagint translates the word with the Greek, Pantocrator, Almighty, the one who has his hand on everything. He revealed himself to Abraham. He showed up in a powerful way. He revealed himself as God Almighty. When I think about launching campuses, when I think about the future, when I think about the process, there's a moment where we have to understand, Lord, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust your plan. I'm going to trust your process in my life, no matter what it looks like, no matter what the situation, I will trust you. But first, it takes understanding who God is and believing. Last week, we looked at how it said that Abraham believed the Lord, and it was accounted to him as righteousness. There's something powerful about God revealing himself to us, and Abraham experienced this. 
And he didn't only reveal. He didn't only stop at that. But that is, I think, the most important thing is to see the Lord and understand that he is powerful, all-powerful. To understand that he is all things. He's almighty. God revealed himself. But then he told Abraham what was expected. Later in verse 1, walk before me and be blameless. And Pastor Matt, just a few minutes ago, when we closing out worship, said, I'm not perfect. I'm not where I want to be, but I'm definitely not where I was. And you know how we get from where we were to where we are now and heading towards where we want to be is by giving God everything. And that word blameless literally means whole, to give the wholeness of who we are to the Lord. That God made it clear to Abraham, I don't desire a little bit of you. I don't desire some of what you are or some of your future or some part, but I just desire all of you, your dreams, your vision, your future. Let them be my dreams, my vision, my future. Let what you do be because I have called you. Walk before me. I believe that there's an expectation for all of us And the only way Radiant Life Church launches a campus in Marysville and in the future in a Powell or a Hilliard or a Worthington or a Westerville or wherever else God will lead us in the future, the only way we can be a part and bless Revive Church Hilltop and bless them and get them in a building, which I think February 4th, they're going to get keys for a building. Come on, we are pumped about it, is by being all in with what God has done, by being all in. A year, a little over a year ago, Revive Church Hilltop, someone felt just from a conversation, just from me talking on the stage, that God told them to give $100,000 to Revive Church. And now a year later, they're about to get in a beautiful building. It happened not because someone said, you know what, I'm just looking to give away $100,000. Because I don't think anybody's just looking to do that. But when God speaks, we say, Lord, that seems crazy. Whatever it might be, we say yes to the Lord. And we're obedient And we say, God, you do what you will do, and I am going to be all in with you and with your plan, and that's what God expected. Then God goes on in verse 2 and reassures him that he was not forgotten. Verse 2, behold, my covenant is with you. I mentioned this is 25 years after the first time he called him to be the father of many nations, to, to, to be the patriarch. God now is 25 years saying, I have not forgotten you. I have called you. I am still God, and I still know what, what I've called you to do, and I have not forgotten. Even though you are 99 years old, as we looked at, there is still nations to be born from you. God moves, he speaks, and he wants you today to know, church, if he's given you a dream or a vision, or maybe you're waiting on a dream, you're waiting on a vision, the Lord has not forgotten you, he is with you, and today I encourage you to be faithful, to give all of you, to see the Lord for who he is, and then walk in his ways. He is good. But even with that, He is still Abraham, still in a place where he doesn't have this child from his wife. And in verse 5, God does something incredibly, I would say, peculiar, peculiar, I can't say the word, but weird. And he says, man, there's going to be something going on here. He says, I'm going to give you a new name. No longer will you be called Abram, but now you will be Abraham. Now, when you think of this, you're like, that's just weird. Just add a few letters on the end, basically, and call it good. Except in his day... Names were incredibly important. They so often were who you were. They literally described you. And Abram was the father of many, 
right? Abram already did not make sense because he was not the father of many. And when God comes to Abram and says, I give you a new name, I label you what you will be, and you're not going to be the father of only many, but you are going to be the father of many nations. Now Abram comes to his family, and we just got done with Christmas. Can you imagine all your families around at Christmas? You're at dinner table, and you just throw out there, God told me to change my name. And you know the family members you're talking about. They're like, finally, Abram makes no sense because you don't have, uh, you're not the father of many. There's no way. They're already prejudging. Like, what are you going to change your name to? And Abram decides, you know what? I'm going to listen to God. My new name is father of many nations. And your family's like, what's wrong with you? You were 99 years old. You're not going to be the father of many nations. It didn't happen. It's not going to happen. And Abram said, I will do what God has called me to do. And I can just imagine the stories. I can imagine the people that would have said, what in the world? But when God gives us a new name, we better accept what he's doing because it's coming. And in our day, it may not be a literal name. In fact, I don't know that I know of anybody in our day that God changed their name to something because in our culture, names just don't quite have the same thing. But I know many people that they've been called things. They've been called or put down by people. They, they would say there's labels on them. And God wants to say, get the labels off of you that are not what I have for you. Get those things off of you. What you did, what somebody did to you, just your past or your experience, it means nothing. The kingdom of God when him. And he says, get those things off and let me label you for who you are, for who I have called you to be. In fact, some of the words we can see are saint, righteous, chosen, a royal priesthood, sons of God. We are his family, and those are the names that we must take for ourselves today. And if you need to get rid of a name, if you need to name a, uh, put a name off and say, that's not good enough, that's not who I am, then today let God label you with what he has called you from his word, from the truth of his word. And even in this name, which is so cool, I'm now Abraham, the father of many nations. God did something else that I think is important. He showed him, he told them, him of what was going to come. One more time, verse 6, I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make you into nations, and kings shall come from you. This is something that was spoken of a 99-year-old man, and this was something that was fulfilled in someone that was older than 99 as God did his work. The, uh, David, King David and his dynasty fulfilled this call. Kings upon kings came from him. This everlasting possession, God encouraged Abraham's faith. And I believe today that when I think of the process, when I think of trusting the process, it is time to know who our God is. It's time to look and to, to accept what's expected of us and to give ourselves fully to God. It's time to let God even reassure us in moments when we're struggling or weakness or it seems like we're 25 years too late to let God be God, to let God's names be what we care about, who he calls us, who he labels us as, not what somebody else has, and to look to the results, the future, the dream that he has given us. There may be something in your life that God needs to weed out or change so that you no longer identify yourself as what you were, but instead identify yourself as what you will be. And I believe when we think of Abraham, 
When we think of this man, I believe that this process was building him into a man of faith and power. This process was needed in his life. 25 years later, as the father of many nations may not have been very good. He needed to walk with God. He needed to trust God. He needed a long period just to believe God, even though it didn't make sense in his earthly mind, to believe God and say he is real. He is true. And it's going to happen. The dream is going to happen. He revealed himself. That process. We have to trust God for the process. But before we close out today, is there was one other thing real quick in verses 10 and verses 14, is we have to take a step. Verses 10 say, or verse 10, this is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and your offspring after you. Every male among you shall be circumcised. Now, just real fast, can you imagine, maybe it was the same dinner at Christmas when you say, my name is now Abraham, the father of many nations. And by the way, all the men in the room, we're all going to be circumcised. Okay, so we're just going to get a you know, I don't know what you do. You have Samaritan's purse, bring their hospital unit out, and you just do it all at once. I don't know what you do, but this sounds like a horrible situation. Can you imagine being Abraham, saying, we're going to trust God. My name is now Abraham. And secondly, we're all going to be circumcised, men. So let's, let's do this thing. What? No way. But he had to take a step. And then verse 14 says, any uncircumcised male who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. There's not a lot of, like, you can if you want to, but it's not a big deal. No. Men, you're going to be circumcised or else you're cut off. Woo! Abraham had to take a step. I believe when we think of the process God has given, when we think of the dream God has given, we must be willing to take a step. Thankfully here today, no medical procedures needed. We're good. So no worries. But maybe in your life, there's some things that we can do. There's some steps that we can take. One, next Sunday we talked about, we're going to be water baptizing. To follow Jesus, to do what he did, we're called to, to step into the waters of baptism. It doesn't save us, just like circumcision didn't save them. Faith saves us, but it shows, it's a mark to the world of what God has done in my life that I'm put aside, I'm set aside for the glory of God. All of me is his, and I'm going to let the whole world know it. And as I was thinking and praying, I think there's some people in the room that you've never been baptized. You've never gone under those waters, symbolizing the old man going down, the new coming up. And today, men and women, if you love Jesus, if you serve Jesus, and you've never been baptized, I encourage you to go on Radiant.Family, sign up. Next Sunday, we can take care of it. There's something powerful and precious and and right about fulfilling the call that God has placed on our life. Don't put it off. And then it, way more than baptism. What is God asking us to do? Don't wait. Don't delay. Say yes to the Lord. I accept your name in this process, and I will be obedient in this process. As a church planning and where we are going, I mentioned three things. Praying. Please be in prayer for us. We're headed to to Florida. We're going to be putting together the plan. That's next Monday, eight days from now. We're going to be putting together the plan of uh, the the budgets and all of those things with our our national church planning network. And I believe in God is going to really just lay some next steps before us heading towards September. 
be in prayer. But you know, there's, there's other elements that we may have personally that we need to do. Maybe God would invite you to be a part of sowing into this ministry of giving a substantial gift. And maybe for you, a substantial gift is 10 or 15 or 50 grand. I don't know what God might have for individuals. Or maybe substantial might be some people that you say, I'm going to give everything I have in this $10 bill or this $20 bill or this $50 bill is a stretch for me. And I encourage you, would you pray about being all in with what God is doing? I love all the stuff, and I love vacations, and I love all these things, but this year, there's nothing more important that we can do, in my opinion, as Radiant Life Church, as to go to plan a campus and to see more and more and more people come to know Him as our footprint gets bigger, as we launch into new areas. There's steps that we need to take, and when it comes to church planning, maybe that step is there's going to be 50 or 75 that say, I think I'm called to go and to be a part of this church plant. Just so you know, you can't leave this church and go to that church and not help. So you'll be leadership right off the bat. That's perfect. They're going to need a lot of it. And I encourage you, if God is, lays that on your heart in the next few months, don't be scared. Don't, I'm not sure. Do what God has called you to do. Take the step that you need to take. A couple of real uh, easy strategic things that we're doing right now is we're in the middle of 21 days of prayer and fasting. I encourage you to give up meals, to give up something during these 21 days. But we meet Monday morning, 7 o'clock on Facebook Live. Join us. Jump in. We then put on a prayer or a Bible reading plan. Right now we're uh, doing Ephesians and, and heading forward. Would you let God speak? Would you let God move as we pray together, as we read together? Tuesday morning, 7 o'clock to 8 in this room. We get to be a part, and we get, to, we get to celebrate Jesus as we pray and, and go after God. Wednesday night, right in this room, 7 o'clock, we're going to be praying. This Friday night, we've already mentioned it today, we're going to have all-night prayer time. We want you to come and be a part. We, we want you to be a part of it Friday night. And if you're like, how do I do an all-night prayer time? What's that look like? Show up at 8 o'clock. Give somebody else your keys and tell them not to give them back until 6 o'clock in the morning. You'll be here all night. It'll be great. Pretty simple, in fact. Right? Whatever you got to do, I encourage you to get here and say, Lord, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be there the whole thing as much as you can, but I'm going to encourage you. Just throw away the keys. Go home in the morning. Sleep for a few hours. It'll be a wonderful, wonderful experience. And then we're going to grow. But I believe God's going to move in our lives as we pray and fast and believe Him this year. God's doing something special. And the last thing, July, or January 29th, we're going to start a nine session every other week, every other Friday night from the 29th of January. Leadership, or, or uh, I forget the name all of a sudden. Thank you. Collaborate Leadership Life Group. My wife, she's on top of it. Uh, we're going to be uh, putting ourselves together, recalibrating or calibrating who we are. We're going to be talking about leadership as discipleship. We're going to be talking about uh, our fivefold ministry gifts and where we are and letting the prophetic and letting our, our evangelistic spirit go forth, pastoring one another. We're going to talk about life groups towards the end of that, looking to launch 20 life groups in the fall as we need to be a church that is disciple and discipling every single one of us. We need to be in each other's lives more than a Sunday morning sitting a row apart and a few chairs down. We need to be in each other's lives. And I encourage you, would you come January 29th, every other Friday, 
for nine of those, for the 18 weeks, would you let God speak to you as we grow? And I believe that maybe there's going to be a group of those that are going to be in Marysville, and in, in March we're going to break off, and Pastor Matt's going to take that team and begin to pour into them as we meet together in here and then break out throughout the building. This will also let our life groups go in large spaces. We've got a big place here. We're going to break out in large rooms so that we can socially distance and you can feel as comfortable as can uh, be in that. But we encourage you, would you take a commitment and do that? And just to be sure, the goal is not for nine weeks because then in the fall, the goal is we're all going to do it in homes. We're going to do it in restaurants. We're going to do it in the places that we do groups. God wants to move, and he wants to bring us together. He wants to calibrate us, turn us into one, knowing, Lord, what do you have for me? So today, as we talk about the present, the process, trusting where God is taking us, I pray that you are all in with Jesus, that we can say, we're going to win Ohio for Jesus, because we're going to see one more, after one more, after one more, come to Jesus. Church, this is an exciting time. Pastor Matt and Shanna are going to do awesome in Marysville. We are going to be able to expand and multiply, and I believe it's time like never before for the church, for you, the people, to be empowered and to go and make disciples, to lead others into the presence of Jesus in mighty and in powerful ways. So Lord, this morning we are thankful that we could come before you Lord, that we could worship you, that we could talk about campuses, we could talk about and bless Pastor Matt and Shanna, we could see what you're doing, but Lord, above all, I pray each and every one of us in this room would commit ourselves to you and to your spirit speaking to us. Lord, I pray that we would commit ourselves to prayer, to communion with you, just talking to you, hanging out with you, to the word of God and making it an active part of our life. And Lord, we ask that just like Abraham, we would give all of ourselves, the whole part of us, or not some of us, but every part of us. And Lord, we ask you that Radiant Life Church Marysville would be the first. Lord, we ask that there would be Hilliard and Powell and Westerville and Worthington and wherever else you would take us, God. But Lord, we know that as we launch, Lord, we need you. We need your wisdom. We need your guidance. And Lord, help us as a church family, help us as individuals to know what our part is as we all pray as we all seek you, as we all give to seeing you proclaimed and your message taught, Lord Jesus, around the world in, in Marysville, in Dublin, in the Columbus, Ohio area, God. We thank you and we praise you. You are so good. Now, Lord, I pray you would send us, Lord, stories that multiply. Let there be stories this week of the goodness of God flowing through us into the people that we come in contact with to encourage them, to build them up, to share you with them, Lord Jesus. We're thankful for it. You are so good. We praise you. We worship you. And we thank you that there's more stories of multiplication to come. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen and amen. Well, church, what an exciting day. Thank you for being here. So be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you talk about. Savor the presence of Jesus. Blessings to each and every one of you.